indeed, my lovelies. Uh, let's talk. Oh my god, what to talk about, what to talk about. So much to talk about, but what to choose? You know, that's the question. Well, let's go through the list of things I want to talk about. You know what? No, 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 no. Let's not do that. Let's, let's, let's talk about bad ideas. Let's talk about bad ideas. We all have them, right? Well, let's go a little deeper than that. Over the past few months, I've been on what some might call a soul-searching excursion, trying to find out what makes me, me. You all know I've had my ups and downs, I've been to my highest highs and sunk to my bottom of the lowest lows. And now Brother Danny, that sits right across from me, just a mere 285 kilometers away, is one of the few people that has known me in all my incarnations. He's known me as an employee and bartender from back in the day from when I worked at the, the bar at Bryden's. He's known me as a friend in which we became over the years. He's known me as a drunk. He's known me as an addict. And he's known me as a father. An incarnation that, dare I say, most outside of my family have not known at all. And he's known me as such from accompanying me and the boys to New York a few years ago. Now, I don't hide much especially when I know I can trust, when I can trust you and that, my friends, is where Brother Danny sits. Now, where am I going with this? Oh, God, where am I? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so bad ideas. <laughs> Look, I've come to the conclusion that I'm a walking poster boy for bad ideas. Now, not when I'm an employee. I think I'm one of the best employees that you'll ever have under your employee. Is, is that correct? Well, anyway, I work hard. I take pride in what I do. And I always want to be the best at what I do. But when it comes to the day-to-day -day activities, I'm quite confident that I'm a bad idea. You know, look at my track record. No, 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 no. Seriously, don't look at my track record. I don't, I don't, I don't think that there's one woman that I've ever come into contact with that hasn't thought to themselves, wow, he's charming, he's ruggedly handsome, he knows his way around, if you know what I mean. But when it comes to an extended relationship and building a future together, well, that's just a bad idea. And look at my finances. No, 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 that's another thing. Let's not do that. That's a real bad idea. Now, I do have two amazing boys and I'm trying to groom, that I'm trying to groom into fine, upstanding gentlemen, but even so, could I have done better? Well, yeah. Have I made mistakes? A ton. Hell, I left my 10-year-old with my podcast partner at a New Japan pro wrestling show in Madison Square Gardens while I took my 7-year-old back to the hotel because he was tired. Now, I don't consider that to be a bad idea because I trust Brother Danny with all my heart, but when some hear that, the first thing they think is, whoa, bad idea. Was it a bad idea for the WWE to cut Keith Lee, Frankie Monet, Amber Moon, Karrion Cross, Scarlett, Grand Metalik, Nia Jax, Mia Yim, Eva Marie, Hit Rose, B-Fab, Oni Lorcan, Lince Dorado, and Harry Smith all last week? Wait, wait, Harry Smith still was under contract? Would, would it be a bad idea for AEW to pick them all up? I don't know, but we can talk about it. Look, I think what I'm getting at here is that I don't know if I'm a bad idea or not, but what I do know is that I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep pushing, keep striving for what I want, need, and believe in because they are my bad ideas. And we all have them. And if you truly believe in them, are they really that bad? Let's hope not because I have a laundry list of bad ideas that I keep in my hip pocket just waiting to spring on the world.
Ladies and gentlemen, I am more than proud to bring you episode 50, yes, episode 50 of your Call to Arms podcast, hosted by, always by, the dashing Danny Williams and myself, well, I'm the poster boy for bad ideas and delinquent debauchery, Bartender Dave. Hooray! How has your week been, Brother Danny? Oh, baby. Big 5 we made it. I totally forgot until you brought that up. I know. I was writing stuff, and I lo- I'm like, oh, okay, what, what episode is it? And I look back, and I'm like, oh! It's 50. We made it to 50 before I made it to 50. Yes. Yeah, we probably didn't think that was going to happen before. Fuck me. No. <laughs> we made it. Oh that's good. And that's goodness. a good idea. Yeah. We made it to 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think so. Why not? Why not? Kudos on the segue over to the um, the, the the talent cuts as well. <laughs> the, yeah, that's nuts. That have you, do you smooth. realize that yeah, there has been 70 cuts this year? Hey, man, didn't they have like 50,000 people employed at one point? Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, they're cutting everybody. Are you kidding me? I don't want to jump the gun on anything, but I think that, like, you know what? If there, and and we talked about this before, Mm. like, if there was any chance that any of these people, that they saw the possibility of a main eventer, do you think they would have cut them? And people are like, oh, well, come on, Keith Lee. I'm like, yeah, come on, Keith Lee. Yeah, Yeah, he had promise. And then what happened? Oh, well, they saddled him with a bunch of terrible gimmicks. Well, you know, you saddle Triple H with a bunch of terrible gimmicks or Shawn Michaels or whatever or whoever. There seems to be a lot going on with Keith Lee, I think, than we know. Yeah, there's been a lot of really weird, spurious things with him that have been rearing their heads and they go away like... There's been a lot of stuff. I know there's a lot of vaccination stuff like that we were saying before. And there's mm-hmm. also, he was saying that the, at one point that the Bearcat um, thing was his idea. And then now it's not. Um, that he has yeah. a tight relationship with Vince and now he doesn't. And there's just all these, it's all speculative. It's all nonsense. Uh, it, put, it, put it this way. I don't know if Keith Lee, he was on TV and I know they didn't get much time with him, but he was also on NXT. Do you think he was a big, let's use the word or the term needle mover? Um, You know, there's a lot of people that have potential. A lot of people that you could say that, you know, if booked correctly, this, this, and this could be the next guy, carry and cross, whatever. Man, mm. I think to me it it begs a larger question. This is something I want to bring up, and totally totally don't want to bloody derail where you're going because we can get back. But nope. is wrestling oh, yeah. is the industry dying and becoming more niche? Like, oh, is that what boy. a symptom of all this stuff is? Like, we've been talking about who's the next guy, who's the next guy forever. I don't fucking know if it makes a difference. I really don't no, know I don't anymore. Think so either. Yeah, because like we, I don't know if you're ever gonna have that next guy you're gonna have more of more of a collective of players if you will you know the not ready for primetime players like that's what i loved about nxt is that i i talk i I call them that all the time they're not ready for primetime players because they're trying stuff and they're doing that you know but when it comes to like the wwe and AEW. Like, they're throwing the kitchen sink for the most part. At, like, you got Punk back. You bring Goldberg back. You bring, uh, that's, you know, they throw, you got everyone's on TV that you can get. Everyone. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pop a rating that, where they need it to be, or it doesn't get anyone, put it this way, it doesn't get anyone talking outside of the wrestling bubble. All my friends who don't watch wrestling are aware of wrestling. I never get anything like, holy fuck, you see this? Never. 
It just yeah. doesn't. It, yeah. It's so niche, and everyone's in their own entertainment bubble, and it doesn't come out of that bubble. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's it, the, like the only thing that I saw of that was when punk returned mm. and then all of a sudden it's like it's like uh they, there was an interview with john cena and john cena talking about punk this is way back in the day when he was first coming up sure. and and him saying that oh yeah did you see this guy he's the next big thing you know and blah blah and, it's, and when you see it you're like eh. mm-hmm. and that's what it was kind of like like i was so hyped to see him and then i was like ah it's, yeah you know meh. and i don't want to say a shell of what he used to be because he is exactly what he used to be without, but he smiles a lot more. Yeah. He had a good little back and forth with Eddie Kingston that everyone was uh, jerking off about on Rampager last week, which is great. It was nice to see some mm-hmm. pro wrestling realism back into the, to the mix, albeit for a quick segment. And he's great in that role. Um, yeah. And you know, he can always deliver on the mic. He's one of the best promos. I shouldn't be sucking on a candy as I'm podcasting. How fucking <laughs> um, so let's remove that. Um, so it's <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's it's I, it go, I think it goes back to a bigger question. Like, do you think that um, we're never going to see that resurgence? There's no there's not going to be that where the general public's imagination is going to be swept away and basically invested back into a new wrestling superstar or a new um like um i guess a new a kind of car a new couple of players of, of uh, a new roster of, of guys that are the new promising people to uh, to basically make wrestling more mainstream again like the outside of what wwe's height currently is like do you think it's yeah. do you think we've peaked um well you know okay so uh uh, you you can't say never, right? Like right. like uh, Jason used to always say, never say never in the world of professional wrestling, and and that's true. But I think that wrestling, especially in the WWE, is now seen as a business, and a, a business is only as good as each individual cog, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to come together as a team. And I think that's how that's being run right now. Other than like the standouts that I can see in WWE. Just to cut you off Roman. quickly there. Do, do, you yeah, think please. The, do you think the important cogs are actually just the internal mechanism of WWE, not the product? It's marketing. It's the people who are taking care of to making sure that all of its facets of its product, like, again, we all know that WWE is selling the WWE. They don't sell individual yes. superstars. So everyone is interchangeable. Basically we know Roman yeah. pushes that needle on Fridays and Heyman as well. Mm-hmm. And he's great for, and he's only doing some of the best work, but do you think that like the most important part of WWE is its internal marketing and finance, like uh, people basically? I think that that's you, you're probably right with that because right now you can't think, and it's 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 a different generation. Like if that's totally. the way that they're thinking now, it's not not going to be like uh, mid to late nineties. Never like where you'd have those big guys like your Stone Colds and, and your ro- Stone Colds, Stone, Stone Colds and your Rocks and that like like it's that I don't know if that'll ever happen. I, I don't know because well, I don't I just don't think because it is a business and like people are saying oh yeah well the, all these cuts you're cutting you're cutting their your future and it's like well no it's a business and if I'm working for a company and I'm not performing to a level that they expect of me then I expect to lose my job right yeah so and especially like again within an industry that I don't know if it's 
it's still, it finds its footing like almost every year as we change all the time. You know what I mean? Like with what people's uh, attention is focused on. Like I'm sure there's more people that watch fucking Twitch game streams and mm-hmm. whatever. Like their, their, their attention is so divided that I think we're these numbers that we're seeing now. Cause I just see, I'm just seeing like all, I guess like with all these cuts and everyone, everyone loses their mind and this, this, and this. And there's like um, all these people are saying we need, uh, there's been some talk like they need a third major promotion to come out. That's what Brian Lass and Cornette were talking about, like with financing. So all these people are going to go. I'm like, but who's going to watch? Like you got impact. You got fucking ROH is going tits up. Uh, yeah. WWE's ratings are down, but they do really great in their own market, and they're they're very good at making generating profit. We know that. That's that's the Vince McMahon sure. Midas touch. It's like I'll make sure that he gets his. And AEW, as we're noticing, is they're got everybody that they can get from the WWE and all their indie darlings, and their ratings are continuously dropping week to week. No matter what their fucking hype machine cult tries to make you think, the numbers don't lie, baby. It's still going down. Yeah, it's true. Like, and I, I'm, I have no, I have no answers for for any of it other than, well, they're not producing. Neither are producing what people want to see. No, well, I well, I don't think that's that's number one. I gotta believe like a lot of it's not producing captivating television. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, because like I think about it, like my my wrestling watching right now are is pay per views. Mm-hmm. I watch the pay per views. That's pretty much it. And it's comfort. Like, I can't remember. Right? Yeah. It's true, and like I like, and I think about it. It's like, oh God, do I really want to go through uh, the the motions to find uh, an illegal stream to watch three hours of Raw? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to fall asleep on the couch. Like this is okay. So what is it? It's Wednesday today, correct? Oh well, yeah. Well, we're so recording you know this on means. a Wednesday. Yeah. You know what that means? Yeah, yeah. It's a seven star car pileup. Um, Britt Baker I'm looking at you Um, (laughs) um, so and this will be the the fourth week in a row that I've watched Nitro or Nitro 2001 (laughs) Nitro yeah (laughs) I know right I've watched Dynamite the past three weeks I've fallen asleep yeah while watching it Mm -hmm. while watching it and I don't know if it's because of my swing shifts or that but like this no, it's, tonight I better not fall asleep because I got to work at midnight. Right. So <laughs> I got to set an alarm. <laughs> you better. I don't want you uh, being late for work. There's more important things to be done. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. what you mean. It, it, there's not a lot. And, and again, there is a lot of say what you want to say about rose colored shades and looking in the past um, about remembering things better than what they were. And, uh, you know, all the time go back on the network and you can check out old Raws, old Smackdowns, old Nitros or whatever. I don't nearly get as bored as I do watching current stuff. And I don't know why that is. I don't, I just think that the, um, I guess cause everything's so wide open and everything is just so, um, a wink and a nudge. WWE has got a problem obviously just with their, their barrage of, of everything that comes at you during their show, where it's a little bit, it's hard to get through. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah, a different it's animal altogether. It's no longer a wrestling show. It's one big long promotion for its, its, its you know, the, the, the monster itself. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Like the, the, the dynamite that people are, you know, online that are getting so excited for, they're all talking about Okada coming in possibly whatever. And this is going to mm-hmm. be the shakeup. And Tony is just out there tap dancing and soft shooing as hard as he can to try to get people to, to watch this week. But at the same time, it's just going to be the same amount of people that are going to watch. And I don't think anything 
that any of these releases are going to be any sort of impact towards AEW's numbers, really. I don't think that it's going to be an impact to WWE's numbers, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess to bring it all around, I guess this is morose feeling that I had or the sad feeling I had like a couple of days ago. I'm like, I don't, this is just a sign of the times. I think right now, all these people are getting let go. I think the industry is, is where it's at. And, um, it's in a weird, like, uh, another, another changing phase. Like it's another change of, of how this whole weird, like carnival act, this traveling carnival act is has to endure right now. You know, it's, uh, it's it's fucking it's fascinating. Put it that way. Yeah, and I think that a lot of like a lot of the uh, the hardcore AEW fans really want to see these people signed and see them go yeah. and and like really make a, uh, a, a a go of it, if you will. But w- when you think about it, it's like most people think, well, you got to let go of by WWE. And I know a lot of people give me a lot of hard times about that kind of stuff. But you mm-hmm. even look at like Kent is tweeting uh, at um, CM Punk about the GTS. And it's like, fuck you, you're got. Hideo Atama. You're yeah. Hideo Atami. You were let yeah. go by NXT. Come on. And that's all man. he's got though, man. If that's all you can keep on bringing up all these years later to try to get people talking about you, man, that sounds like you don't have much going on. Yeah, and like you can't bring these guys in and expect to move the needle, you know. Yeah, it's, well, especially it's not with their happen. especially with their booking techniques, you know. If they did a lot more of the Eddie Kingston Punk stuff, and I know you can't do that all the time, but just more of that kind of oh shit, this seems like something, at least not like bad wrestling acting going on. Promo, promo, promo mm-hmm. back, which is what they said from the beginning they weren't going to do, which they've completely shit the bed on yeah. like week two. Yeah. Um, but it's, um, it, it, you know, talented people can pull off really good, good stuff sometimes. And it's just, it's unfortunate that it's so few and far between where when it comes along, it's like, yeah, great. I'm glad, you know, where were you this entire time? And it's almost met with hostility now with me. I'm like, eh, fuck you too little, too late. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah oh my God. Yeah. yeah. But like that, um, uh, sorry, Eddie Kingston is is something that I've someone that I've really liked for a while now. Like even back when he was with uh, NWA, like he's good on the he, mic. He was, he, he's really good in the mic. In the ring, man, yeah. his choice. I mean, he of looks like outfits, a fucking yeah. bag of shit. That's the problem. He doesn't look like a wrestler. He just looks like he spends more time on his eyebrow than he, eyebrows than he does on his fucking work rate. No, you got to give the guy a break. He's half Puerto Rican, half Irish. That's a hard upbringing. <laughs> Oof. That's true. <laughs> now, Martin, uh, you know, Martin, one of our listeners, he sent me a, a, a really cool article that Eddie Kingston uh, wrote. And it's it's called Eddie Kingston Got No Business Fucking Being Here by Eddie Kingston. Right. <laughs> it's really good. It, it was an interesting read. I really liked it. I wouldn't doubt but, it like, for a when, second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to, to but looking back or looking looking at him like he's he always I find him captivating when he talks, when he wrestles, not so much. Yeah, I guess, and that, and that's to, I guess it's maybe more of us like the generation that we're in, where we came up when wrestlers looked like superstars and they were yeah. larger than life. And a guy like Eddie Kingston, he'd be a manager or a, a stick man or whatever you want to say. And he's a good, he's a good talker. There's no doubt about it. And he knows how to cut mm-hmm. a promo, and he's convincing. He doesn't sound like he's reciting lines. All the all the things. It's just that, but then then the bell rings, right? So yeah. why should I get excited about an Andy Kingston match if he, if I know the match ain't going to be shit to follow it up? That's the beauty of, I guess we, we, we got, you know, just splurged. We got, uh, we got kind of, um, 
you know, just a, an embarrassment of riches when we were kind of uh, into our fandom earlier on, where you had guys who could just kind of do it all for the most part. And if they didn't do a lot, their shortcomings were hidden very well. That's, you know, yeah. Paul Lee's fucking magic touch as well, what he did. Um, so true. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I want to be excited again about watching some stuff, and it's it feels like the magic leaves here and there. Maybe it's just me right now. I'm just like, man, something's not, nothing's getting me to watch right now. Nothing's interesting. Yeah, no, and it's it's not just you. Maybe maybe it's that we're too much alike too, because I find the exact same thing. I find it hard to watch anything and get excited about it. Yeah. You know? Other other than that that. That uh, Saudi pay-per-view I thought was really fun. Yeah, there's some good matches on it. There was some good matches on it. I enjoyed yeah. that as well. But yeah, like, but the, you yeah. get so... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and even just the potential of like a Braun Breaker that comes around, we're like, oh man. But, you know, it's just like, what, it's one guy, cool, but they got the rest of the show. It's like, you get these odd things that... that get you to click back or get you to watch and they get you to, to whatever. Cause it's, it piques your interest. And I'm there because he's a Steiner and he reminds me of Scott it reminds me of back in yeah. the day. That's basically what it boils down to. <laughs> exactly. Holler. If you hear me, like it's, right. it, it's fantastic. And, and, but then you get these people jumping on it and shitting on it because, mm. Oh, well they should have called them Steiner. And then what, what the hell kind of name is Braun breaker? Well, let's shut up. Yeah, watch shut the guy, up and watch. Watch the guy belly to belly that motherfucker. <laughs> Exactly. Come on, yeah. people, smile a bit more. So about the, <laughs> it's all trying to smile, baby. Oh, um, <laughs> about those cuts, is there anybody um, that you um, found a bit surprising? Not so much. Uh, anything interesting? The, any talking points about those? Eva Marie. No, I'm joking. Hey um, man, I, I, I. There's no. You say that. That shocked me. Because she is like. Yeah, because she was. She's a was in a gorgeous girl, and, and she and she yeah. was Vince's girl for a bit, as you could tell. They kept her protected for a while, regardless of her work. Like she has a look. Let's put it that way. The Johnny, uh, yeah, the Johnny A special. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, out of the out of that whole thing, the carrying cross one, um, I didn't. I, I saw that coming just by the. Now, why the do whole... you say that? Is it because of his treatment that he got brought up to the main roster? Uh, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say like just from his whole run, I, I was never impressed by him. Mm. Like never, never impressed by him. But it, like, and then oh, but are, are you, up. And, are you still like surprised or you're still not surprised? That's just like put your personal bias aside. Are you still surprised that they still cut him? No, no, no okay. I'm not. No, because he wasn't working. He was get, get, garnering more like hatred because of his gimmick and everything and for the fact that Scarlett wasn't with him and they totally did it. He was just a, he was an intro, like right. a, an entrance. That's, That's all he was to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like other than that, and then like Keith Lee was maybe a little surprised. Frankie Monet never did anything for me. Amber Moon, i never liked. Grand Metalik, yeah. Nia Jax, that one, you know, she's sloppy. Well, but she's yeah, she's just the one that why it surprised me is just because she's connected to the rock and that's uh yeah you know what i mean but you know she can maybe be a key grip or a gopher or something like that <laughs> there you go and like mia yim's gone because she her and keith lee are a couple uh right fucking harry smith just never gets his due no, this I know. guy what never gets any tv what is and i know I don't want to be repetitious because I know people have kind of talked about this in other podcasts, but like, what's the deal with WWE's fucking hesitation with the you know, Bulldog's kid? I don't really get it. 
Yeah, nor do I. Like he, he had it all. He had a good look. He mm. was big. He knew how to wrestle. He and did his rounds like around the world. Like he got his his go away and learn a new hold kind of thing uh, early and often. Like he's been a, a toured guy, and you know they brought him back for the Hall of Fame to to get his dad in. You'd figure there'd be something there to dovetail off that memory and even pop like some yeah. of the uh, the UK fans, you know, or whatever. But no, yeah, exactly. Nothing. Didn't and even the, put him on the TV. guy even. S- the guy even saved somebody from jumping off a bridge for crying out loud. Yeah, and he saved and he helped like, beat the shit out of that guy uh, who were jumping Bret Hart at the Hall of Fame. So yeah, like, like, come on. Me. Yeah, yeah, big time. <laughs> um, now, now, Oni Lorkin, I, you know, <laughs> right. I'm not surprised, but I've always really liked him. I think he's great. He has yeah. a great look. You know, he's really tenacious. I liked him better as Biff Busick, but. You know, Oni Lorcan, whatever. Even though it's, it's that name incredibly is made up, not like like Oni. Yeah. Is that even a real name? Oni the Lonely. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope that he he does well outside of the WWE. But, wow. Do you wish you him know. the best on his future endeavors? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. All the we'll best. see you on yeah, Dark Elevation. All the best big guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's where everyone else is. Fucking Christian's wrestling on fucking dark now. So you might. What, what good is Oni? You get him as uh, at last. You're uh, on your oh, YouTube. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you give up. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess we got to. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, I guess of somebody who was let go and. Um, People are wondering where he, what was going to happen to him, but it looks like Bray Wyatt might be lending himself a little uh, deal in Hollywood. Looks like he's got himself an acting gig coming up. I was reading about that this morning. That's something else, eh? Yeah, well, it seems to. That's more of his speed. You know what I mean? He seems to like the theatrical, and he's a damn good talker. And he's he's you know maybe it's uh yeah maybe it's a brighter future ahead. Apparently he's a little, a little bit. And again, I hate the speculative stuff because I'm not there. Um, of right. like, you know, he's maybe a little difficult to work with. He, he, maybe he's an actor in the working. Why not he, go be in Hollywood and be a creative douchebag, you know, somewhere else and make your dreams happen, buddy, by all means. Exactly. Like what? And why not? Why not try it? Try it. Like yeah. you were saying that about Carrie and cross as yes. well, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like if you, if you can, if you can be in like, cause basically that's what you're doing mm-hmm. in wrestling. You're playing a part, you're acting. So why not try to Go off of that if you're good at it. I, so, I know it's hard and it's easy just to say like, well, look at this guy. Look at this guy. But look at Dave Batista's career. I was watching Blade Runner 2049 again uh, a couple days ago and how just damn good he is in that movie, especially in uh, if anyone has watched the um, the special features, the uh, I think it's Blade Runner 2048, the little uh, short that's in the special features there where it's basically his little short movie. Um, Dave has just done so amazingly well uh in the last couple of years and really just becoming like an actor's like actor like emily was saying like this guy's career is so much better than than the rock like this is like he's a true actor he picks amazing roles and i know that comes with time and luck and timing and all that kind of stuff but these guys can at least dave is as odd as everyone looks to the rock dave is just that shining light that these guys can look to where those big guys can get part roles if you're just good enough and you stay dedicated, I guess. And you got mm-hmm. a good agent. You know what I mean? Like um, he's an inspiration, I guess, for wrestlers to, to hit the acting game, I think. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like really true. But but there's there's a lot to be said. Now, this is weird. This is going off on a little bit I'm of a sorry. different story. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm about to oh. put it a little bit. <laughs> so um, uh, the guy who played Deuce Bigelow. Rob Schneider. 
Rob Schneider. Derp yeah. a derp a derp derp. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rob Schneider's a carrot. So yeah. I was I, <laughs> um, so I was talking to my my uh, my buddy Vic the other night about um oh I can't remember what line it was. Uh you know the uh cover Winkler and Bees or something like that. One of the one of the Rob Schneider lines. Okay. And he's like, "Oh yeah, that guy was a real like a a, a Hollywood whore." And I'm like, "Well, you can look at it that way or you can look at it this way." He knew that there was a limited ceiling for him. Yes. He knew that it was a limited career for him. Mm -hmm. So he took every single opportunity placed in front of him. Absolutely. He did. And made that bank. And guess who gets a fucking tester or a fucking brand new Lambo and a hot mill. Whenever Adam Sandler breaks out a new fucking shitty movie, guess who's on set and guess who's making bank. Exactly. It's mm-hmm. so true. And it's just, and, 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 but that's what a lot of people have to do when it comes to acting or so say with me, because I'm, I'm a, you are working a manufacturing mm-hmm. plant, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? <laughs> but yes. It's just, your credit's one of those. Yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're My right though. Ideas. Know know your limitations and, and know, you know, don't have too much pride and ego about yourself. And if you find your niche, like, you know, stick to what works. You know what I mean? Don't be too, um, uh, too much ego about yourself, you know? Um, to your it's point, true. Rob Schneider found his, 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 his pathway and, and stuck in it and happily did so. And I'm sure, you know, he feels fulfilled. <laughs> Especially if he oh, sure. checks the ATM, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I, I uh, every time I hear his name, I think about that South, South Park. Park. South, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. It's just absolutely brilliant. Derp it, derp it, derp. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Is Rob Schneider. Schneider. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. All right, man. Well, um, a lot. I guess I got another thing. I take a completely right hand turn because I know we're talking about you know. Um, all of our, you know, demons and all of the things that, uh, you know, we've overcome and, and still yes. struggle with constantly on a daily basis or whatever. And, um, it was no surprise to me, but it looks like, you know, our you know, John Moxley, um, entered into mm-hmm. an inpatient treatment program. Um, I, I'm guessing for, for booze, uh, which is, yes. uh, yeah, kind of, you know, didn't really surprise me based on like his, you know, online and on camera persona and just his physical well-being. Listen, from someone who's dealt with a lot of problems in the past, I know an alcoholic when I see his one's head and his face. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. he was looking yeah. like he was having some problems there for the last couple of months. And uh, yeah, it just found that, uh, you know what, I'm glad. I Hopefully that uh, the baby and, and a marriage and all that kind of stuff and a, and a, a job worth fighting for will be the uh, the thing to help him turn around on something. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, I don't like, I'm, I'm all for that. If you need help, people reach out, do it, go for it. And like, everybody's like, we're there for you. Like they're there for you that, you know, but I don't know if I'm okay with them using it in promos on the show. Oh yeah. When, uh, was it punk, uh, punk? talking about it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a very yeah. WWE thing to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, I'll say WWE thing. And like, <laughs> or just bad booking uh, thing. What do you think? Man, I would have liked to have seen Punk come out with a little bit more malice. Oh, if you're going like, to use it, you might as well use it for good kind of thing. And like get some fucking heat out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I know he's supposed to be smiley punk and everything like that, but like he could have been like, Hey, that would have never happened to me. Well, that's I'm straight he, edge. If he you know? turns heel, then you know what's going to happen. 
Like, and I know that we have to be nice and this is a new generation and this, yeah. like, you have to be nice and forgiving and you have to be accepting of everyone and everyone's faults and everything like that. And I understand Even in that. pro wrestling, apparently, which is crazy. Yeah, but it's pro wrestling, man. Hey, choppy choppy, your pee pee happened in pro wrestling for crying out loud. <laughs> Yeah, well, and Scott Hall would give him a drink and said, get out there and be drunker. <laughs> exactly. But, but in all honesty, uh, nothing but good uh, yeah. vibes towards him. And I, I hope that he pulls through. And yeah. yeah, I guess I only brought that up just because it was uh, one of those things that were it was I, I could I, I felt it uh, with him for a mm-hmm. bit. And uh, I'm yeah. just glad that he's going to go get the, the help that he that he needs, because, uh, yeah, take it from myself and obviously uh, you've talked about it yourself in the past yes if, if you yeah. if you need help everybody there's so many more there's so many programs there's so many numbers and, uh, and websites and outreach areas that you can go to get help and um, there's there's a whole cottage industry waiting for you if you're struggling with anything and it's just good to see people getting the help they need before it becomes another statistic that's all that it is because it's it's so avoidable even though it's one of the hardest things that you can do is to kick addiction it's fucking it's a everyday oh everyday thing everyday struggle everyday Every struggle yeah absolutely it's true like like you like and you, you think about it like i brought it up before like there's different different things that that trigger you you know and it's like it's like marilyn manson said that uh, like even somebody says the word cocaine and i have to go to the bathroom yeah and it's stuff like that it's just like you just think about it like oh my god i'm done i'm done work i need a beer yeah why yeah. Why? What's your major you know? trigger that you find with with stuff? Um, uh, I, I I'm not I'm not triggered by drugs anymore. Right. I, I I think I've 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 beaten that completely. That's good. Uh, alcohol is is always a struggle for me. Sure. I just got to make sure that I don't um, like it's all moderation for me right now because I don't know if I'll ever be able to. How do you quit find moderation? Moderation, um, if you don't mind me asking. Oh, through Catholic guilt. <laughs> that's that's nicely ingrained. <laughs> what a great answer! <laughs> it's just like I know, I know, I know when when I've when when you know you you have a shitty day. Why are you having a shitty day? Well, because you drank vodka. Yeah. Oh, oh, why does that person think now, you're an asshole? Oh, because you drank whiskey. Now, from you someone know, oh, who was you know a daily heavy drinker before, and you know. Yeah, I'm knocking on the door of two years of not having any booze, which is my, right. the, the way I plan to live the rest of my life. But I, I, I don't kid myself. Uh, I remember every day what it was like. I, I knew all those things while I was drinking of like why this went sideways, why this yep. went wrong, why you feel the way you feel, why you're miserable. It all needs to change. Just for, it's the booze that's ca- causing it. And when you have that relation with alcohol, how do you still, and I'm just, I'm literally curious. How do you yeah, still please. maintain the moderation part? Like it, without that little voice going, ah, fuck it. Ah, fuck it. Just whatever. Who cares? Um, you know what I mean? Just go fuck, fuck. It feels good. Is I'm not, it, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I, uh, there's, there's days that I can't find moderation. Right. I can't, you know, and then all of a sudden I'm passed out on the couch. Right. And that's, and then I wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and I see like two half done cans of beer in front of me. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Mm. And that's what pushes me back down. And then I'll take like a few days off. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe I need, maybe I need to quit completely. I don't know. It's, but I just, if I find it so hard to, to kick. It's a motherfucker, man. Alcohol is fucking, woof. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And I, I maybe it might be easier if I had like a partner or I had like uh, someone that was close to me. Like like, and I don't want to say a uh, what do you call the uh, uh, AA a sponsor? Uh, I don't want to say a sponsor or anything like yeah, that. But you maybe have an accountability like partner. Well, I'm fucking here. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, I guess so. Maybe maybe we should be uh, accountability be partner. We the, the DDPY uh, approach. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I I don't know. It depends. I guess what you want if you're ready for it, and if you you know if um if that's the the life that you want to leave. Like um some people they they say what you say. We're just like I can't quit completely, but I cut down, and they and they do it. Uh, I, I'm just I'm in awe, and um and basically um I I can't wrap my head around it because with my body chemistry, my mental chemistry, and I guess you know even my family history with alcohol is yeah. that like, I know that if I want to lead a life where I'm not going to be in my own way, I I'm, I'm just not allowed to drink. I just can't do it. I have too much that, momentum <clears throat> with it. So yeah, no, that's you're, you're, you're completely right. And, and that's, that's, that's the, the bugger about the whole thing is that is. I see that. I see that like when I'm off booze and we've talked about this before, like I get so much done. Yeah. You know, like so much done. Like this morning I woke up and I got everything cleaned up. I got the dishes done and everything. And then I I made appointments to have my guinea pig's nails trimmed. I made appointment this weekend so that I could get my beard trimmed and both my kids get their Look hair cut yourself. and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then it's like, okay, all right, we got to do a podcast. Well, I'll grab a beer. Yeah. And I guess there's nothing wrong as long as that there's no negative uh, residual effects after the, the 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 moderate drinking that you're doing, right? Like there's, I know they're gonna have you. You said Catholic guilt, which is perfect. I think that it becomes, yeah. I guess, the biggest uh, deterrent afterwards is the guilt, even if you're having one or two, or if it turns into whatever. It's none of my business, but it's kind of like that's the biggest thing is, I guess, if if you if you have this feeling towards it, is it worth keeping that around or not? I guess. Yeah. Well, it's not because I always do. I, 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 I wake up every morning thinking, okay, this is the day I'm not going to do it anymore. Right. And that's not right. No, it should be just like, oh, I got a couple of, a couple of belts. Oh, well get on with it. You know, pitter patter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pitter patter. Let's <laughs> <laughs> get oh, at her. Boy. Yeah. Anyways, I'll turn the nose up on it's, 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 um, it's tough, man. I, cause I go through my belts of like, I, I think about that kind of stuff where you get like, I, I could, could I be someone who could ever go back and just have a casual drink? I know the answer is no, because I just know where that road leads to. I just wonder, right. I guess people who do that when they are used to excessively drink and they pull the nose up. Cause usually it's obviously something worth pulling the nose up for. Um, just, you know, what is that? What, what's their motivators? How do they maintain that moderation? Because for me as someone who likes to get as hedonistic and dark and fucking, you know, it, it just, you know, dive into a pile of, uh, uh, of, uh, of fun. Uh, <laughs> the second you start yeah. get going, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's tough because you're, yeah, you get these, these triggers and, it, and you just say, fuck it. Life's, you know, this and that. And you want to take out all your problems on that. But I just, I don't know where I'm rambling about anymore. I'm just, I'm, I'm always, um, I'm interested in people's approach to moderation, I guess is the, what I'm trying to boil it down to. Do you have bad days, like um, hard days? Yes, I, a- um, I, I definitely do, but it has nothing to do with um, temptation. Mm-hmm. I have bad days of um, things that I need to f- uh, improve on, uh, guilt from the past of decisions that I've made based usually are circled around uh, what we're talking about. 
uh, the decisions mm-hmm. that I've made because of it, like, uh, you know, family stuff, uh, relationships. You want to just, I have my, my own little like thing, right? I got to make contact with, uh, those people. I got to do my, my, my forgiveness tour. Some like, you know, here and there. I got to check in with people that I felt that I need to clear the air with. And, um, that's kind of like an ongoing checklist of things that, um, that uh, I guess trigger bad days where you just like you just feel the guilt. I'm extremely guilty. I wasn't even raised Catholic, but my I was my 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 parents or my my mom was raised Catholic, so like right. it's, it must be in the German blood. You know what I mean? Of just to fucking feel guilty or something yeah. like that. But um, <laughs> it's it's interesting. But the bad days of temptation. I'm glad. I'm like I I get little things where I. I I get a little, oh, what was me? Like, I wish I could just go out and, you know, have, you know, one or two with this. And because, you know, I, I go to bar or I've gone to a restaurant bar things in the last week without with my softball team and they're all drinking, doing their thing. And I got my ginger ale and it's all gravy. It's just you, you for one split second, you go, fuck, like, why do I got to be such a fucking blah, 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 blah. And then you're like, you know what? Who cares? You've, you've drank yeah. all the things you can drink. You've done all the things you can put into your body. You're fine. You've done enough partying for one person and you just got to admit your own reality that it is what it is. And you got to draw pleasure from other things. It's just, I guess we just like something to bitch about constantly. Don't we We always like to feel sorry for ourselves in some capacity. (laughs) You know what I mean? Do you you think that, do you think that your drinking and and, uh, abuse and everything like that uh, stemmed from, um, uh, depression? For sure. A hundred percent. From, and a lot of that was, you know, there's a lot of things, uh, that you just didn't have the tools or the maturity or even uh, the availability of those tools to even deal with life's pressures. Um, mm-hmm. mine, I had a lot of things of, I had a lot of anger towards, you know, like my dad, um, right. And certain family things that I still do. I have unresolved things. I haven't talked to my dad in 11 years. Going, wow. yeah, it's got about 10 years now going on 11. Um, and I, he had a lot of energy with alcohol and I fucking hated him for ruining our family because of alcohol. I slowly turned into him. And that's one right. of the biggest things that I, that got me to stop is that like, I'm just, I'm turning into that man that I just, I had so much like aggression and hatred and resentment for, but he's also human and he's also someone who's trying to figure out and figure life struggles out. He may not be good at making good decisions under pressure. And that's something that I'm, I'm coming to terms with now is forgiving him in my sobriety, sobriety and learning to build the tools so I can r- open that box and, and to work on that relationship again in the future. Because uh, I don't want that opportunity to be missed. You know what I mean? I don't want to live with that. But um mm-hmm. I, the depression, the anger, the not having, uh, I guess being raised in a way where I just, I never felt like I, uh, my problems were worth talking about or never really had like, why should anyone, you know what I mean? Just kind of, you keep it so insular and you kind of, um, you take your aggression out other ways. So looking to escape and get fucked up and just to completely unabitu- unab- with no inhibitions, just to feel free, like the numb, the numbing sensation of, of booze, because I also figured out, and I guess you can tell by sometimes that I get rambling is I got a, a hit of ADHD like crazy. Um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. It, I get manic um, and I'm learning to deal with that. And that's because I, I really think a lot of undiagnosed, like there's, 
stuff like that, chemical imbalances and, and behavioral issues and and really prone to anxiety and depression because of my, my living situation where I was raised in and, uh, and right. whatever of, and of our generation, I guess of stimuli that I was using all those outlets just to fucking quiet the noise out a bit. And then when all you want is to quiet the noise, but then that turns into the noise itself and you manifest your problems. Yeah. Um, you got to no, know when to stop. You're exactly you're, you're completely right because like I'm, I'm a self-diagnosed Well, there was one doctor that did diagnose me, but I, I'm more of a self-diagnosed manic depressive. Like right. I'll go from highs to lows. Yes. And I always found that the alcohol stabled me out to a point or temporarily stabled me, but, but also to a point where I just became numb. Right. And then that numbness became a way of life. Yeah. And that's where I, where I felt for the longest time where life was supposed to be mm -hmm. right and so like that's where i i that's where i i hearken back to you know it's like when what we were talking about a fashionable decade like you always go back to what you know as being cool that was where i was coolest was when i was numb was it yeah. if it was cocaine or marijuana or booze or whatever mm -hmm. that's where i was numb yeah and life was easy but it wasn't easy you know life should never be easy well i guess it should be but you know like do you do you find that life should be all of that, that we yeah, think we do, would want do, it to do, be easy but we do we don't mm -hmm. do you find that that having um like uh the happiness that you have with them and everything helped uh, facilitate your sobriety. Like oh, you guys yes. both went at the same day, right? You're both, you both quit the same day. correct? Yeah. I'm, and I'm so lucky that I'm with somebody who doesn't have any momentum with alcohol and could take it or leave it at the height of drinking. She would just drink because she didn't want to feel left out. Like she didn't want to be right. the only person who wasn't catching a buzz dude just to put up with the fucking drunk idiot. Oh, next really? Year. Okay. I didn't, <laughs> I right? never knew that because like, like being uh, like meeting you, you guys the way that I did. Sure. Like, you think was, that she'd she's always just... have the vodka soda or whatever. Uh -huh. yep. Actually, she'd always drink what you were drinking to tell you the truth. Yeah. Usually it was just to more or less just accompany me, uh, which is, she's a, you know, a mensch for doing so. Like, um, yes, but to, yeah. to, to answer your question, <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep up with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the problem. I got, I have such a crazy amount of like, um, just uh, ability, like, um, um, uh, like the consumption, like I got German and English, like first, like generation, like my parents are both immigrants, German and English. Like you talk about drinkers and that come like uh, my dad's side, especially like that's just, it's, it's a way of life out there. Like you fucking booze, you, all your mm -hmm. problems can be mm -hmm. solved over a drink in the pub. Uh, you know, it's goes back to the Homer Simpson thing, like the, the cause and, and, um, and the answer to all of life's problems is alcohol. Yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> it's so ingrained in that culture. And, um, it's, it's Herculean amount of, of intake that I can take. It's, it's amazing. But it, to go back to what you're saying, and that's not a boast, by the way, it's, a, it's, it's just a reality. It, it, it was, it was un, uncontrollable. It, it was ridiculous. I should have been dead 10 times over. Um, yeah, but, yeah, um, it too. was her. Yeah. I've, yeah, we've drank it together. We know how much we can drink together. It's oh my disgusting. God, dude. Um, yeah. 
Bottle after but bottle yeah. after bottle. Yeah, the vodka, baby. Gotta love the vodka. Oh, my God. That's insane. It's so good. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. No, and, it's and not. My, it's not good. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny to laugh. It's funny to look back on uh, in that way. As long as there's no... I legitimately had so many fond memories of those times but there is also that we got to move on to the bigger and better things um but emily for sure and and the first thing that began it was it sounds so stupid but having a little life having a pet having something that, that needs to rely on you was the very first step of like i need to get my shit together just so i don't fucking kill this cat so i don't i mm. you know forget to not feed it to look after it to make sure that it needs attention and love and care and it sounds like for anyone who, who struggles with something, I know pets can be such a savior, dogs, cats, whatever, guinea pigs, birds, fish, whatever that it may be. You find this thing that isn't you that's completely innocent in this world and it relies on you. And that's step one yeah. I found in terms of gathering the strength to, uh, to find something worth living for is just other people that rely on you. They need you around and you have children, which is perfect, Yeah. right? And well, then, and that's the, that's the thing. Like I, I was on a... I think it was about a five year stretch of daily cocaine abuse. Yeah. Until my firstborn was born. And it was like, okay, I can't do that anymore. And like I dabble from time to time, but it wasn't anything like it was prior because you just can't. No, I probably shouldn't have said that on air, but you know what I mean? (laughs) No, don't worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) This is real life, baby. This is real life. But yeah, it's just like you need that. Like having something like, oh my God, this person, this animal, this sentient being relies on me and me alone. Yeah. I can't fuck this up. It's your responsibility to be there for them. You've made that cosmic contract with the world and to yourself that you got to, you got to look after this thing and it needs you and you, you have to do your due diligence and be the you know, the best person you can to be responsible uh, for that, for that yeah. thing, whatever it may be. Um, and if it's kids, fish, again, gerbil or, or dog or cat, you got to pick whatever. And, and at the end of the day, what it should be, it should be yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It should, it should, it should be. be yourself. Yeah. At least what is the Jordan Peterson line again? At least, um, Oh, I want you to remember it for me, but be there. Look after your person. Look after yourself like you're the person who deserves to be looked after, or whatever that it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know the one you're talking about. The, um, uh, you, you, um, you deserve to be treated like a, oh, man. I know. Oh, this is, this is killing me. You deserve to be treated like a, like an actual person that matters or something like that yeah treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping out or something like that i think it's something like that treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping i believe that's the one of the uh the 12 rules um for life but uh by the way listening to beyond order right now oh my god so amazing what is beyond order his book that just came out in 2021 is 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 a follow-up to 12 rules Oh my God. I did not even know about this. Okay. Oh, really? I thought I could have, I'm almost certain I texted you about that when it came out earlier in the year. That probably was loaded. Fair enough. (laughs) Very (laughs) topical. See what I see. What I see what I miss. Um, Yeah, I know. I I have to definitely check that out. Get your re up on that, man. Just um, it's, he is essential uh, for me. Um, just, yeah, he's, he's doing the Lord's work in my, in my opinion, he's, he's especially for young men, but it doesn't matter if you're a man or not. But, um, uh, if you're just somebody who needs, um, 
uh, you know, a good, re- a good evaluation of yourself and life and to also get uh, reacquainted with the beauty of, of what life can bring as well. He's very good at, um, uh, of just using his words and kind of just illustrating why life is worth fighting for. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I found him, yeah. in, I find him invaluable um, as opposed to like, not as opposed at, and with, you know, lockstep with, you know, our, we're talking about our pets and our family and our relationships and your support system. Like I'm lucky that my, my, my job, my, my group that I work with there, they're, they keep me motivated. They, they're, they keep, they show me that they give a fuck and they look after my future and they care about how I'm doing. Like that's invaluable as well. I've never had that before. I worked in a kill or be killed industry and you're just only as good as your last trick, basically like you're creative yeah. whore. Like they didn't, they couldn't even care if they paid you or not. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough when those, when you realize that there are things fighting for, because people again are relying on you and you're responsible for other people. Like, I think that's the biggest motivator that there is. Hmm. Yeah. 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 For me. Uh, well, look, look, like I'm coming from an industry where it was just like you were loaded all the time. Well, it definitely <laughs> helped you. Like staying lubricated might be enough just to tolerate the fucking job. Yeah. <laughs> right. You got to deal with a bunch of drunk idiots. You might as well, you know, fucking join the asylum, man. <laughs> fucking let's go. Yeah. Join Party the asylum. You. Yeah. Oh, it's, man. It's, 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 a, it's an interesting thing because I, I thought about that forever. I like doing your job. Like I wanted yeah. to be you like that cool bartender that everyone fucking knew and <laughs> like you're good at it and everyone, you can make good money at it and you do whatever. But I guess we both know that there is a time limit to that as well. Right. Big time, big time. Yeah. And there's a toll that, that comes with it. Like there's a, a big time toll. Like you, if, especially if you're like us, who's got momentum with that stuff, you can't stay loaded. Cause you know, that, that, that will beat you a hundred percent of the time. Oh. Like, there's no free lunches in nature, man. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Hey, mm. um, is there a band that you listen to or that you've ever listened to? Or no, no. Is there a band that you love that yeah. everyone else thinks is garbage? Well, um, <laughs> pro- probably in the, in the early, in the early two thousands, it became uncool to still listen to Oasis. I would say that, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I guess if people hate Oasis, so I, I absolutely love them. I just discovered Greta Van Fleet for the first fucking time about two weeks ago, whatever that, or last week. And oh, I didn't realize, yeah, we were texting about that. and I didn't even realize how fucking divisive that they are with people. Like, they're like, fuck, they sound like Led Zeppelin. I'm like, yeah, like what a, what a thing to, to say about another band. But, um, a lot of people seem to hate that band. Um, I, maybe that's not a very popular thing to say. So you're you're maybe looking for. Give me an example. Lead by lead by example here. Well, okay. So I've <clears throat> I've loved this band since I first discovered them back in the '90s, and everybody that I talk to, or ninety percent, ninety five percent of the people that I talk to, go really, right? Ew. And that's Everclear. Oh, okay. I can get behind that. You yeah. can get behind hating them? No, I can get behind liking them. <laughs> because I'm I, they were popular when I was growing up, so yeah. Well, yeah, but like I I've like okay, you remember Gord from Bryden's. I do. The cook. Oh my god, he would give me such a hard time. He's like a garbage. He's a, they're crap. He's got heavy opinions about a lot of things. So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But it's just like it's one of those ones that I love. But and this is I like still I sing Santa Monica all the time. Fuck it. That's hey, one of those that songs. was that was the second song I ever learned on guitar was Santa Monica. You know, and they're still putting out music. And 
And mm. I just, okay, so like I, I thought, you know, like every once in a while you start getting into a band that you used to like and then you go, oh man, I wonder if they're still making music or if they're doing sure. anything different now. And I and this happened just a, a couple of weeks ago. Well, ever since I started this job, I've been listening to two major bands in, in the car. I've been listening to Everclear and I've been listening to LA Guns. And LA Guns is like, I hold near and dear. I love glam metal. They are fantastic. Tracy Guns is why I started playing guitar. He's the one that's tattooed on my arm. I got him okay. to sign his tattoo. I got a tattoo. He's he's an amazing guitarist, but but that's beside the point. I love so that I, album I'm like, cover. Cocked and Loaded is a great cover. Oh, God. <laughs> but they're, And they've got a new album coming out this Friday, which I can't All wait right. to listen to. It's great. But anyway... So Everclear, I'm yeah. like, oh, I wonder if they've got anything new coming out because the last album they put out was like some of the heaviest stuff that they've done in a long time. And I, I, I think it's, uh, it was called Black is the New Black. And it was a great album. Nice. But anyway, I research it and it turns out two years ago, Art Alexicus, the, um, uh, the lead singer, he, he was diagnosed with MS. Okay, and multiple sclerosis for all those. Uh, yes, who don't know yet. exactly. So his body is slowly failing him. Now mm. his doctors say he's not going to be ever confined to a wheelchair, but you know, like he he so he he did this whole album on his own, like a solo wow. album, and he did this song about uh, about his. It's called Hot Water, uh, the Hot Water Test, and okay. that's what they used to do for MS to to test to see if you had MS. They don't do this anymore. But what they used to do is they used to dunk you in hot water to see if your symptoms uh, um, accelerated. Right. And that's how they would know that you had MS or not. But this song is great. The video is great. And it's just, I, I couldn't believe like this stuff, like uh, getting back to like your idols, like somebody that you follow, like Tracy Guns. When I met Tracy Guns, he was like, I was a good foot taller than him. And he was just a man, you know, but like Art Alexicus is just a man. Your idols are just humans. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing because that means that you could be that as well. You know, so Amen. it was just it was, it was it was really really neat. But yeah, Everclear is the band that I have to defend myself with so many times. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess you know what I I I love good bad music sometimes. Like Jesus Christ, some of my mixes like you're gonna catch all that embarrassing shit that's gonna come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, if the, if it moves you in a way. And if even if it's the bloody Goo Goo Dolls, and I don't want to <laughs> like shit like that, I will belt that motherfucker out. I don't care. But it's you know what I, I yeah. I guess the one that I always had to struggle to defend for some godly reason was fucking Oasis all the time growing up. So I guess that's my my non really good answer. But um, yeah, have we ever had a conversation about Oasis and my we feelings always towards a, you, you always go there and then we never finish it. So fuck, go for yeah, it. No, I've just never been a fan. No, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I respect what they can do and what they've brought to the table and the musicianship and the writing. Music was just never done anything for me. Fair enough. And the the best part is about that is I guaranteed you've probably never even heard the majority of their good music because it never broke true. over here. And Noel and those guys never did a good job of picking their 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 B sides are basically better than the most of the stuff that got released here, which is crazy. And it, once you're a fan of them. Like, I think with them that makes either you love them or you hate them is they're quite possibly the most Liam and Noel Gallagher are the most hilarious, most entertaining interviews maybe ever. Like they're just if if, that's the thing that sucks you in is their personalities are just 
incredible. Like they're so fucking just consistently hilarious. They're fucking funny as hell. They're cut and dry. They're just, they are who they are and they're just, they're endlessly entertaining. And I think any, and even your favorite musician would probably say the same thing. They've like, I, even if what they say about their music, they love them as people because they're just assholes for the most part, but they're hilarious. Like you just, no, you're, too... you're right. You're right. Exactly what you said that I haven't heard is like, I probably haven't heard any, any of their really good stuff. Like, like when I brought up Everclear, you brought up Santa Monica. And that's what everyone's going to say. Right. Exactly. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but, but have you heard this? Have <laughs> yeah. you heard this? Have you heard this? I could totally turn you into a fan. And I'm yeah. sure that you could turn me into a fan of oh, Oasis. Sure. Maybe we maybe we should do a show like that where we try to turn well, each other into a fan. How about we do this right now? Why don't you give us three songs from Everclear that you that people who don't like Everclear should listen to to become Everclear fans? Oh Jesus Christ! Man. I know that's really? hard to put you on the spot. I can always we can always come back spot. for next time, or I can edit in edit out the awkward pauses. <laughs> oh boy! Um, whew, uh, Santa Ana, Santa Ana Wind off of uh, Invisible Stars, fantastic track. And let's do Learning How to Smile. I'm sure a lot of people have heard that one off of uh, Songs from an American Mu- Movie, Volume 1. Yeah. And uh, you know you know what? Wonderful. Off of that same album will bring tears to anyone's eyes that has ever gone through a divorce or was a child of divorce. And you know what? Ooh, Fuck it. Do a hot like. water test. Yeah. yeah. Do hot water test as well. That one. Okay. Oh, that video. Whew. It's good stuff. It's I know it's going to be at the end of this podcast. <laughs> ah, baby. <laughs> I might have already downloaded it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyone out there who wants, uh, if you're not an Oasis fan, I'll throw this out there. You got to, yeah, you, you got, um, I'll throw uh, listen up. This is all going to be from the master plan. Well, for the most part, listen up is definitely one from listen the master up. plan album. Um, I'll do talk tonight, which is from master plan. Um, and maybe I'll go, uh, slide away from definitely maybe if you've, uh, their first album. Um, and there's so many more, even their newer stuff. Yeah. There was some great stuff, um, from don't believe the truth. There's, um, yeah. Turn up the sun, man. There's uh let there be love. There's a bunch, but those three ones I said, listen up, uh, I'll do, um, slide away and talk tonight. Those are my three. Okay, I got him down. Awesome. Oh, go. and everybody has to listen to Speed by LA Guns because it's fantastic off of their Missing Peace album. Their new one, Checkered Pass, drops this Friday. I love it. I love it. Doing the promo for LA Guns. I love their old yeah, school 80s fucking rock, like chrome skulls, Dude. revolvers, fucking yes. Oh my God. It's just, it's it's everything. It's everything. Okay, let's get into this. Okay, my theory of a fashionable decade. This was my yes. theory that you had a decade in your life and usually it stems from 18 to 28. And this is where you're right in your you're out of your teen angst bullshit. You're starting mm. to find yourself. You're starting to become cool. You're feeling you're sexy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're you getting know, laid and you're popular. Yep. Exactly. So this, I always, I find that this, this theory is where you always revert to as you get older. And that's what happened. Like with, when I changed jobs and I started feeling more at peace in my new, my new job, my new vocation, if you will, mm. and started having fun. 
LA guns and Everclear started popping into my head because between 18 and 28, that's all I listened to. Yeah. Right. So like, that's yeah. what I started doing, you know? And then I think back and it's like, well, maybe I can grow hair, but like, I'm not saying that there's no evolution to this, you know, mm-hmm. but like you have that certain spot. Now, do you have, do you have like a decade that you always hearken back to or? Yeah. Or like I think, the, like I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's a pretty good span. Like I would say, Maybe a bit later for me, I think like maybe 24, you know, because I'm trying to think of 34. I wasn't doing so hot. So maybe (laughs) just my my 20s in general were just like one long guitar solo. You know what I mean? Just Oh, nice. Just kind of firing on all cylinders. Just fucking, you know, yeah, whatever music was out. The funny thing is with music. I find now that I have my, my mainstays that I had, you know, that are going to stick around during that time that you'll listen to. But I like, um, with music, I guess I do have my, I came in pre loaded before my twenties of what my favorite music that still lasts like now in my thirties, like, like Oasis obviously there, but like even shit like just soul and R and B and like oldies and stuff like rock and roll. And like, that was all in there before there, but, um, I don't want to shit in your point. So I think fashionable, no, yeah, go ahead. I guess just, I, I think in my, my twenties was where I was thinking I was firing all cylinders and you, you do go back to that. Cause you have a correlation with that. You have this relationship to that time where everything was all good then. So this is comfort to me. Like, this is where I know like where my safe space is, or like at least my, not my safe space, but at least my, uh, where I feel the most comfortable in is these years. So why not really, they make me the most happiest. So live in that, those ones. Right. Yeah. And and that's the thing, like I'm trying to show my, tell my kids and I'm like, when you, when you get into this age, when you get into like 18 to 28, you have to embrace it. Well, they have, they have to embrace everything, but it's, it's gonna, it's fleeting. Oh yes. my God, we just got a little bit sad there. But you know it's what I mean? It's true though, because you know I mean? you're always going to constantly chase the dragon. That's why we do like to continue to do shit we shouldn't be doing, because you're chasing this feeling of how it made you feel for the first time. And those years are so formative and so important, and you experience so much for the first time at that age. Yeah. Right? And they, no, maybe and you, that's then, all it is. Yeah, for sure. I think that's what it is, right? Yeah. It's it's chasing that, uh, that feeling you got when you first discovered all these things things that are life, you know, for the first time, either be, you know, a first really hardcore relationship or a true good, like long-term relationship or a good, um, camaraderie with your boys, a good night out, your first big fucking hangover, your first, um, I don't know, a really good live show, a good, you know, a vacation, whatever it may be, a good thing at work that you accomplished, a a good sense of, I've arrived in the world. I'm, I'm on my own. I'm no, I'm not under my parents' thumb anymore. I'm young. I'm good. I got the world ahead of me. Um, you have everything else to, to, to basically, you had everything in front of you. And I think we like to chase that feeling, which is hard. Yeah. It's so right. Because like, even now, right now I'm living or I'm working at what I was during my uh, fashionable decade. Oh, you're back. I was doing many, I was doing manufacturing on uh, rotation Mm -hmm. and, and I'm loving it. Maybe it's, maybe I was, maybe I was like, like just yearning to feel young again. I work with like, I'm one of the oldest guys there and I'm constantly, well, I, I'm, it make it inspires me to prove that hey, I can still do this. Yeah, I, I can figure. keep up with you. I can show you that 
I, I can put you in the ground. No problem. I can, you know, not put you in the ground, but you know what I no, mean? I, I understand. Like I, yeah. You, you like, show your worth daily. Ah, I'm old. Yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, we're all getting old. We're all, we all, that's the one thing we can't avoid is we all get fucking old. That's all I was told by my grandparents. Don't get old. Don't get old. Hey, we can't. Don't get no old. Choice. We have no choice. Don't get to episode 50. <laughs> Yay. We made it. So good. Speaking of life and speaking of things, I guess, do you want to, uh, do yes. you want to move into life's little questions? My little segment? I would love to. That would be uh, fantastic. All right. Okay. <laughs> Life's little questions. All right. I'm going to start you off with something a little. Okay. Softball? A, uh, uh, no, no, no. This is going to be getting your imagination flowing. <laughs> so you're a young Parisian woman in 1940. You're shy, but not entirely beautiful. But a handsome and bashful German soldier takes a liking to you. Do you fraternize romantically with the invading foreigner or shun him entirely out of patriotic duty? Oof. It's coming out hot, baby. Wow. <laughs> Do you want me to re- uh, read the question? No. Well, okay. if you'd like to, you can, but I, I, I heard it completely. Okay. Um, <sighs> me, myself, shun him due to patriotic duty. But right. me, myself, fraternize. <laughs> <laughs> so this goes back to the lifting weights or, or, or reading thing in the, if you're stuck in prison, right? Yeah, exactly. two sides wow. of the coin. Yeah. How about you? What would you do on that one? Oh, I'd fuck him and then kill him. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> I want to change my answer to yours. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Um, okay, let's go something a little bit lighter here. Okay, okay. You meet Vince McMahon in an elevator. You've got one time. You've got time for one question. What is it? Whew. <sighs> hmm. One question. What was Roddy Piper really like? And he looks at you and he says, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Thanks. No, yeah, anyway, yeah. No, that would be your question though, eh? Yeah, that's that's the only thing that really comes up to me. Because like, like, what else am I going to ask Vince McMahon? Like, what were you thinking about this? What were you thinking about that? What were you doing? Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. I like Roddy Piper. How was he? What was he like? How about you? What would you ask Vince McMahon? Who raised the briefcase at Judgment Day 1999? Oh my God, that's <laughs> no, way I don't better. Know. Is it? Okay, I was just joking. I have talked to so many people about that and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, no, you don't remember this? The fucking briefcase rose. Stone Cold couldn't grab the briefcase. It was Stone Cold, correct? It was, yeah. Yeah, he couldn't grab the briefcase and then nobody said anything. They dropped nobody the angle. Nobody said anything. Yeah, wasn't it supposed to be Boss Man or something like that, and they maybe dropped it or something? I don't really know. There was oh, some I don't sort know. of probably somebody died or something like that because that's what happened when Vince McMahon blew up. Am I allowed to yes. talk about Chris Benoit? Yes, you can. <laughs> yeah, as a, like a thing though, like if you if you yeah met Vince McMahon in real life, uh, and, and one thing I I that's a tough one. One question: Was it worth it screwing Brett? I don't know. 
Yes, he would say yeah. yes. What a what a mark yeah, question that, that is. What a mark exactly. question that's, that was. It's a fucking it's a fucking question that that's been uh, uh, given to him so uh, many times every day. Yes. Yeah, it's just like I think that the briefcase is a brilliant question. It's a brilliant right. question because, like, who, why, what was, the, what was the thought process? What was the the storyline going to be? Maybe another one would be: Would you, if you could turn back the hands of time, would you have still bought WCW? Oh, that's a good one. Is that another Mark question to ask, though? Like, I, I just wonder: does he, does he think that? you know, literally swallowing up. Like, is, is he happy as he possibly can be right now? Is this everything according to plan for him? Is this like, yep, no, I just, I'm the only thing in town that I, and that's all I care about kind of thing. Well, no, think about the, think about the, the library that he inherited from that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, he's like, I do it again too. I just wish I didn't have to pay as much as I did for it, which wasn't even anything, pal. Yeah, exactly. Pal. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's see what the next question here. I, cl- clearly, I think I'm better at asking than answering on these. Um, so, okay. um, have you ever danced unironically to come on Eileen? <laughs> nope. What about uh, Billy Gunn's ass man theme? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I'm not much of a dancer, but I find myself every once in a while, especially lately. I, you know, if something good's on. What's your it's guilty like, boom, pleasure? Boom, boom. What, what, what gets your toes tapping? What song? That you're um, uh, I want to make love to you by the Stones. Okay. Um, anything old Stones really gets me. You know, bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Old and stones, uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. That I love that kind of stuff. But my kids okay. hate it when I dance in front of them. Oh, Dad, yeah, stop it! Yeah, do you start doing the Macarena to really make it awful? <laughs> You're six foot two and forty six. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you want to play some basketball? Yeah, because I can't. <laughs> Amazing! Look at you get your balls broken by your kids now. I love it. I love yeah, it because I did it to my dad. Yeah, it's it's basically right to right of passage, isn't it? Except my dad was five ten, or is five ah. ten. <laughs> All right. What's the most expensive thing you've ever broken? Oh. Uh, my first car, maybe. Ah, yeah. yeah Me too. I, by the I, way. <laughs> yeah, I I uh, totaled it. It was a write-off, complete write-off. How long did it take you to write off the car? What do you mean? How long, like from starting to drive that car, how long did it take you oh, uh, oh, to, to finish it? It was probably two months. Not bad. Two months. Yeah. That's, that's I, pretty I was, good. I was, and it was, it was completely my fault. I was on my way to see a Toronto Argonauts game for those oh. listening. They are part of the uh, CFL, the Canadian Football League. Uh, our balls are bigger. And uh, I was... <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I was making an illegal U-turn and I got I got T-boned and um, I'm still living with the pain in my hip. But uh, I stretch every day and it goes away. Is that, yeah, is that a fact? Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was 19 years old. It was wow. a it was a 94, a 1994 Chevy Cavalier. 94? Surely not. Yeah. Yeah, 93. No, oh. 94. Yeah, because I was 20 years old in 94. Oh, you were. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got you beat. I, I totaled mine in a oh, week. Yeah? What? What yeah. was it? Tell me the story. It was a Mercury Cougar. <laughs> it, was, 
It was a uh, front wheel drive, I believe. So we had to put a circa 90 pound, what year? What year? Oh, 1990 Mercury Cougar. Oh. And it was front wheel drive, so we had to put a weight in the back or like a sandbag or something because it would um, oh, shit. Yeah, fishtail yeah, yeah. like crazy. Yeah. So I went to go buy Bristol board and markers at the Grandin Toy because I had a uh, an assignment due. I was still in high school. I think I was 17. I just got my license because I'm a weekend having my G2. Yeah. And yeah. it was raining out. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I was making a left-hand turn. Uh, to go, uh, well, to go left. And I, uh, I hit the gas too hard and I just basically just fishtailed around the corner, still hitting the gas. And I drove right over the median and totally ripped the fuel line from, uh, ass end to the front end to the ass end and just totaled the car underneath, just ripped out all the guts, ripped the fuel line and, uh, yeah. And just totaled the car. So, uh, that was my, that was my experience. That was a fun call home. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Especially when your dad explicitly hates tow truck drivers and police officers. So yeah, it's <laughs> a good guy to get on your side. Um, uh, yeah, I totaled two of my dad's cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his, uh, he had a Grand Prix. I totaled that, and a Buick I the Century. Gr- I totaled as well. Yeah. I've totaled a lot of cars, and every time to- that that first one was my was my fault. Uh, uh, yeah. definitely for sure. But the, all the other ones I had been hit every time and they've been totaled, I've been hit by somebody else. I've told, I think I've totaled every car that I've had to move on from. <laughs> really? Eh? Oh, Not just boy. like, yeah, maybe no, there was one, there was a, the, um, the aforementioned, you said you had a Cavalier, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had a 1991 Chevy Cavalier Z24 and that just went into the ground. And so that, but other than that, all my other cars, yeah, they got, uh, they got taken away from me almost again, walked away. Don't know how. But got all how, walked away. How's your Honda doing? Oh, it's doing lovely. Cause okay. uh, treat it like a baby. She's in the garage right now enjoying her nice warm sleep. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, that's good. So stuff. that was the most that's a good answer, by the way. Um of the most expensive thing that you've ever broken. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh Okay, how about this one? Uh can you name a time in your life where you've honestly th- honestly thought that you're going to die? Like this um, is going to be the end for sure. Like I know it. Wow. I, hmm. Hmm. Well, nothing jumps out at me. You know, That's I'm good. not a good, fl- I'm not a good flyer. So I usually think that, um, oh, um, I had a, thing removed from the inside of my mouth that was supposed to be cancerous but it wasn't so i thought mm. that i was gonna die but i actually wasn't that, but no no nothing like really like anything crazy yeah when i thought like, i was holy gonna... shit when we were like this is gonna be it holy fuck no no because i've always i've always i i'm not the type of person to do things where i don't see an a way out like i always try to get into any i won't get into anything if i don't know an exit strategy Right. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying? Um, like even even in like having knives pulled on me, I had a gun pulled on me once while bartending, but never wow. once did I think that I was going to die. Right. You just thought this is this is fucked up and it'll pass. This, yeah, this is part of the job. You know, right. Fucking gun pointing at your face. <laughs> well, it wasn't pointed at my face. It was pulled out and shown. 
Ah, that's always nice. Yeah. 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 So story time. I was just what? like, okay, that's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Just go. Uh, and he went and he just walked. He walked away. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I was like, that's nice. Get out of here. <laughs> you just like, if don't you show no it. intimidation yeah don't exactly it, don't, don't show any intimidation it's like yeah nice get out of here yeah fair yeah. enough i got about 17 people in here that'll beat the living shit out of you before you <laughs> hit the ground or That's i hit the ground yeah, mm-hmm. so anyway yeah how about you anything anything uh yeah well i've done a lot of things like i went skydiving um oh nice i never really thought about that then but i've done things that have actively participated in where there's a potential like owning a motorcycle for for 10 years right like that was every time i jumped on that it's like hey you know you could possibly die doing this but the time that i think about that i recall that i legitimately had that feeling i'm like oh this is how this is how it's gonna end um I went whitewater rafting uh, when I was in grade three, I believe. We went to Ottawa uh, Valley or whatever it was. We're in uh, this this retreat, this camp, I should say, with Owl. Mm-hmm. And we went whitewater rafting. And I was very young. I was probably 11 or something. Like that. However old you are in grade three. And um, maybe, no, could have been grade three. Grade five. Nine. Grade yeah. five. I think it was grade five. I'm sorry. Um, so we went whitewater rafting and we were, um, doing a three day trip and I was with my dad and my brother and two of his friends and we do the 12 man raft for a day. And then, mm-hmm. uh, the next day we, you do, um, the smaller two man rafts and you go over the rapids. And on that second day, we were approaching one of the larger runs and it was, it's crazy. Like t- it's a couple of stories tall. It's like legitimately oh like it's it's long it's got a like just picture like a, a huge run like of rapids with the big boulders like in your mind's eye what that looks like that's exactly what it is like that big scary run where it's like you only there's the i had no business being in this in this situation right and the, i remember our instructors our volunteer who's in a, ca- a kayak he's like you know we're not supposed to go down this one today because it is a bit you know, it's a bit hectic. It's a bit busy. It's, it's flowing pretty good today, but right. you guys are a pretty strong group. Like, you know, just take your, don't do anything <laughs> stupid. And by, for, by all means, do not fall in the water. Like do not fall in. Don't try to collide with anybody. Stay out of each other's way. Uh, give each other enough time. Cause if you fall in, you're fucked. And I was the youngest person out of the, out of the group by far. I was the only kid basically there. And sure enough, I'm with my dad. I'm in the front and we're in the two man dinghy. And uh, the raft, whatever, dinghy. And we start the run and the guy, the instructor is in the kayak and he's near us because he's worried about me, right? He's like, okay, I'll make sure that you get down. Just do not hit me or do not whatever. Just try not to fall out. So we begin the run. And after all this fucking soliloquy he gives us about safety and whatever, doesn't this guy crash into me and knock me out of the fucking raft? So I go down and I'm just spinning like a cork at the bottom of, of this huge run at the very top of the fucking run. And it goes on for like basically 30 seconds to get to the bottom of this thing. And which is a very, very long time for a run. And uh, I remember just spinning around and you're like in a washing machine down there. And I remember just not being able to breathe and you, there's nowhere near you're going to be able to get close to the, uh, the surface. And I just, I had that thing, that thought where you're going, like, Oh my God, like this is actually how I'm going to go. And I just remember thinking my mom's going to kill my dad <laughs> because she wasn't there. And she had hesitations about him taking uh, us on this big trip. And um, I got 
completely jostled around, couldn't breathe, swallowed a shitload of water. And um, finally, I tried to come up. Couldn't get, I went to go take a breath, got nailed again by another huge wave, another big run of rapids. And it was really, really terrifying. And I thought, okay, it's a matter of time now. I just got to breathe in some more, some more water and it's going to go. And I was about to go for the last, I guess, another breath of, of water, which is going to be like right. a big intake, basically, where your lugs are going to fill because I just couldn't hold anything out oh, anymore. Shit. It was too long. Yeah. And my, and again, you know, you look back on these things that may not be as dramatic, but I remember at that time it was, this is, this is going to be it. And I just got yanked out of the water by my dad. He just, and, and the instructor was there too. And they just both yanked me. I guess surfaced. And I remember they grabbed the loop or whatever it is, the back of your life jacket. And just that, that dad strength of just like one arm fucking threw me out of the water and into the raft kind of thing. Or quit was, fucking around, Danny, yeah, get back in. The- <laughs> he, was, he, wasn't too, he wasn't too pleased with the instructor to say the least. Um, but yeah, that was the one time where I thought I was going to lose my life. It was just basically getting tumbled around the water and it's not fun, man. It's, it was a horrible experience especially when you're fully clothed and you got shoes on and you you legitimate and you're wearing a helmet. Like you feel like if my life jacket and all these things aren't helping me to get out, like how the fuck am I ever going to survive this? You know what yeah, I mean? exactly. No, I totally understand. Like that's gotta be like, you, you can't do anything when you're, when you're underwater and you're in the no. rapids. Like that's just, no. Oh my God. And a, and you're, yeah, you're at, yeah, you're at like nature's fury. You're at there at its will. Like oh, you are Jesus. humble beyond beyond yeah. all beyond all. Humble him, humble. Yes, him. I humble him, Baba. Yeah. So yeah, that was my that was my big dramatic story about being humbled by nature. Oh man, that's amazing. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Yeah, I don't I don't envy that at all. No, it's not not yeah, a good, not a good time. Not a good time. All right. Uh, I'm trying yes. to think of uh, any. Uh, I have a bunch here. I just want to. Th- See if I can get something that's going to at least uh, pique your interest. Oh, yes. Okay. If when you were traveling in Japan, you found a strange Mm -hmm. bric-a-brac shop and you bought a wooden boy for your children. But once you got it home, it came to life and it was evil. Would you burn it or try to teach it morality? No, burn it. Burn it. Burn that motherfucker. Like, not even burn it. Like, I would smash it with a sledgehammer, then burn it. Because okay. there's nothing even there's nothing creepier than a half burned doll coming to life and trying to attack you. No, you want to shatter it, smash it, like get it into shards, and then wood burn chipper, it. wood chipper, whatever. Yeah, you do, do you a snort full it afterwards thing. or no? Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, why not? I don't do coke anymore. I might as well snort some kind of evil child. Yeah, Whoa, Jesus, young, that sounded wrong. <laughs> I don't think those words have ever been said in that order before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How about you? Would you try to teach it morality? That's stupid. It sounds like a fool's errand, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, totally. You've got this thing is not supposed to be living, but it's living and it's evil. Am I going to take the time? But the fact that it does live is a, is kind of, you know, like a miracle, right? Okay. Well, are you going to teach Hitler? Try to teach Hitler some morality if he well, came back Hitler to Well, Hitler is human. This is a wooden boy. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. That makes it even worse. It's a fucking wooden boy. Kill so it. End it. It's not supposed to be alive. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, boy. And I just watched that whole movie. Uh, uh, what was that? Free Guy. Have you seen that? Oh, uh, was that with uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, where he, where he's a uh, NPC that comes to life Hello? and starts doing. Did I lose you? Uh-oh. I think we've lost Dave. No, 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 no. I'm still talking to you. I can Dave, still hear you, you. I can still hear you. I'm right here. Oh, there you are. I'm right here. 
Okay. Do you not hear still me? Going. I can hear you now. Oh, okay. Good. Well, that was interesting. Yeah, no, it was, it's, it's, it's a really fun movie. The kids loved it. I was in between that and... Um, what does that have to do with the... the uh, what the hell? What the hell we're talking about? No, oh, uh, coming to life. Coming to life. Ah, okay, okay. Right, what is, what's right. the premise and, of the movie? I've not, I don't even know. I just know oh. of the, the poster. Okay, so he's an NPC, a non-playable character in a video game that's oh. living his life. And he starts developing um, AI, artificial intelligence, and he starts trying to do better things and trying to be the hero of the game. And everybody who's playing the game is wondering what the hell's going on. Right. It's really fun. You should watch it. Yeah. It's it's a fun, lot of fun. It's on fun Disney. Fun is probably Plus. the word to use. Yeah, yeah. I'll take. A, I got Disney Plus. So I'll check. I, and I do enjoy Ryan Reynolds. So why not? No, he's great. He's fantastic. Good looking man. Good looking man. All Damn. Right. All right. Switching um, teams. <laughs> Speaking of which, have you ever paid for sex? <laughs> uh, well, we all pay for. Anyway, no, hey. no, no, no. I've never paid for sex. No, fair enough. That's where I draw the line. I draw the line. If I have to pay for it, then no. Right. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm, um, here yeah. I'll go on to the next one. Um, okay. If you were speaking about the St. Louis team and you proclaimed loudly, "I love the Blues," but BB King overheard you and came over for a chat. Would you explain the mistake or simply humor BB until he went away? Oh, I'd, I'd humor him. It's BB King for crying out loud. <laughs> what the hell kind of so question is that? Stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I love the St. Louis Blues. Well, like, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, no, I'd probably humor him. My God, Danny, what a question. Um, I yeah. know. Yeah. How about you? Oh. <laughs> uh,. Yeah, well, it's like, no, just yeah, talk about hockey, mate. Fuck off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who the fuck is BB King? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be the answer that your kids would probably say, right? Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Um, let's, try to, let's try to end on uh, a, a few light ones. All right. All right. Uh, when was the last time you bled a radiator? Whew, uh, that would have been... Have you ever bled a radiator? Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah. Uh, probably 2003 when I was living on Lakeshore. Uh, I think it was 20, 2833 Lakeshore. I was living above a hair salon and it was Ooh. radiator. And you just, whenever it wouldn't, when, when you wanted it to heat up, you'd just bleed the radiator so all yeah. the air would be out and the water would be. Yeah, it was it was a great apartment. It was me and my buddy Vic were living there. It was great. It was uh, $355 a piece. Oh, wow. So it was $710. And it was a massive, massive apartment. The only thing is that it was above a hair salon and Sundays, it stunk like per. Ooh. Like yeah, yeah, just... Yeah horrible but we had a purple kitchen we painted the uh, the kitchen purple all the trim was yellow it was such an awesome Damn. place and where yeah, was the place was sorry sorry where was it located uh lakeshore and like 31st in uh, lower etobicoke uh, oh, interesting. uh yeah around brown's line if you know the area between yeah, brown's line and uh, royal york Gotcha. On the south side, on the north side, on the north side, above a, above a hair salon. Next door was a video shop. Across the street was a, uh, um, 
uh, what do you call it? A Cajun Creole place. And, oh, it was it was an awesome time of life. Hey, that was within my uh, fashionable decade. Yeah. Oh, I love it. How, how about you? Have you ever uh, bled a radiator? Um, I didn't, but we had to get them bled all the time at 2520 on Bloor there because um, we weren't allowed to bleed them ourselves. But the radiators were always there. They need to be bled and they'd send someone up to do it once. Are know, you kidding me? They wouldn't let you do like it. It's so simple. Yeah, I guess it's, you know, hey, we live in a very litigious world these days. They don't really all right, do fair shit. enough. Yeah, it's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a good one. I liked it. Nice. Sorry. I'm just looking for <laughs> uh, the next question here. And uh, where is it? Okay. Um, have you ever got chewing gum stuck in your arm hair? No. <laughs> My arm hair? No. Have okay. you? I think so. Maybe once in the past. I can't. Um, nice. Yeah, you just rip it out. Kind of, you know, ball it up oh. and look at the excess hair that's stuck on the gum and for a while and contemplate if you should put it back in your mouth. And then well, that's weird. I get I get judgment. a lot of I get a lot of glue stuck in my arm hair at from work. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just grab it and you pull it out. And I took a couple of layers of skin off of a few piece, uh, places. Damn, so you dig deep. Yeah, I do. Yeah. 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 Pain don't if hurt. You're, pain no hurt. <laughs> If you were actually stood on the shoulders of a giant, would you hold on to his hair or would you fear it might annoy the giant? No, I'd grab his earlobe. <laughs> okay, listen up. <laughs> this is what you're going to do, son. <laughs> there you go. Crush that city. Crush that small lady. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, good okay, stuff. let's wrap it up with uh, All right, final cool. final question here. Um Let's see. What's a good one to go out on? All right. Um, should I go for that one? Do it. Okay. If there was a Mount Rushmore for wrestling on the shit cliffs of Scarborough, who would you have? Who would you have up there? So you got um, the Mount. How Rushmore many are we talking? Wrestling. Four. Four. We got four, right? Okay. Shawn Michaels. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ric Flair. Shit, do I want to put Ric Flair? What did I say? Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair, and... You know what? I really want to say CM Punk, but uh, he sullied my... uh, Sullied my uh, anything. Um, uh, So, Roddy Piper. Okay. Oh, Bret Hart. No, Bret... Oh, my God. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. Sean Michaels, no. Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Ric Flair. That's a good list. Yeah. How about you? How about how about if you just look at, at the, the the contributing Mount Rushmore to like who as besides of a favorite wrestler list, mm-hmm. who do you think is maybe the most important people that you put up there in terms of affecting the business? If it if that changes your answer a little bit. Hulk Hogan, Steve Austin. Do you put a Vince McMahon on there? Ooh, Vince McMahon. That's a good one. Vince McMahon. Do you put a... Is there... I'm, I don't want to keep on swaying you, but... Iron Sheik? No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bubba. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon. 
It's interesting. Stone Cold then Steve thinking Austin about, and like, the Rock. Bruno and uh, wow, if you put Rock and yeah, Austin, but Bruno, Bruno. Eh, Do you put like you know like you start getting to like uh, Vern Gagne and like all these kind of guys? You can, but that's a totally that. What would what did that do for the industry? What did they do for the industry? Nothing. They just held Ooh. titles for a long time. Vern Gagne? Yeah. If you get into promotion, like promoters and stuff like that, do our well, promoters I, do promoters do, uh, deserve to be on your? Uh, that's another question, I guess. Do do you put promoters on your Mount Rushmore? Don't you love I how we just yeah. suck the fun of this entire fucking question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you might have to. You, it, when it comes to Vince McMahon, with what he did for the, for the business, but if you're just doing wrestling. Mount Rushmore? No, you don't put a promoter on. Okay, so let's go back to just wrestlers, and you got Vin, or you got Sean, you got Brett, you got HB, or no, uh, who else do you got? Sean, Brett, Austin, and tough. Who else do you say? Piper, right? You said yeah. Flair too. Fuck. Flair. Yeah. I I don't know. That's a hard question, man. That's a hard it's, question. It's it's an unfair question. I I can't even answer it myself, to be honest with you. Yeah, because I'm sorry, Shawn Michaels is probably one of the greatest all-around performers of all time. To me, anyway, and I know a lot of people would have have problems with that. But him and Brett, for sure. Wow. Steve Austin, because he was always fun. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have four? My instinct is always like, yeah... You got to have, I guess Hogan's got to be up there. Yeah. Flair. Brett. Yeah. Sean. No, I can't put Sean on my Mount Rushmore. Why? You hate him that much? I... (laughs) 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 It's not that. I, I see, yeah, I, I'm a Brett guy. I'm, I don't know. I, I think, and I know I'm not stupid enough and I'm not that much of a mark to know that how great Sean was. Um, it's just that I think, I don't know. I don't know if I put him up on, on that Mount Rushmore. I'd put a, I put an Austin before I put him, but I feel like Brett's contribution in terms of in-ring work has to be above Sean's. Okay. Now, if you put Sean on the Mount Rushmore, would you put him with the lazy eye or? <laughs> I put him yeah, with, with the curved hat and the strategic lighting of the, uh, the Sean versus Brett rival series that they had to do. Spend 45 yes. minutes setting the lights up for him. Just get it fixed, you fuck. Apparently it's a quick surgery. Yeah. Um, oh, God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. I'll leave you with one last one. Would you ever wear leather pants? Of course I would. Why not? I'm wearing leather pants right now. I know you are. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Why, well, not? Why not? Why not? Why mm-hmm. not? Why not? Okay. Well, there you go. That's this uh, life's little question segment. So we're gonna make this hopefully a you know um, every time we we do a podcast we'll do a round. Let's of these. do I it. They're they're so much fun. Um, yeah. So there we go. I guess uh, I'm looking at the time, buddy boy, and I think it's about yeah. time that we both moseyed on and um, got on with our evenings. I think we had a really, really good, fulfilling um, little podcast this go around. I think so too, sir. That was uh, quite uh, fun and eventful, and I'm looking forward to another. 
Yeah, covered a lot of ground. This went from addiction to uh, ripping gum out of your arm hair. So that's a lot of range. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, man. Well, I'm going to sign off. I guess, um, you know, I do what I always do. And, uh, you know, if everyone wants to uh, check out, uh, you know, uh, I've got an Instagram going where I always post artwork up. Danny will draw. And if you want to check out other artwork, there's dannywilldraw.com of um, things that I'm currently working on. Um, and uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter, called Arms Pod, and uh, look for us. Hopefully, we'll be back uh, sooner rather than later. So, um, with it, that, I leave it to the better half of the show, and that will be bartender Dave. Dave, take it away. Thank you very much, Brother Danny. As always, a pleasure speaking with you. And my friends, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about bad ideas. Let's make those bad ideas good ideas and make them make us better people. I love every single one of you. If you are in need of help, reach out. We are here. There is every type of person to help you. Let's do this. And remember, I'll be thinking about you in the shower tomorrow.